Welcome to the Como Politicast. I'm Jeff Podula. What a chaotic week. Election Day was on Tuesday, and as of this taping on Friday night, we still do not know the winner. Joe Biden leads in the uncalled states of Pennsylvania, Nevada, and Georgia, and only needs one of them to secure the presidency. And even if he does, some Republicans are thinking about using the state legislatures in those swing states to overturn the vote and keep President Trump in power. But first, in the delegate-rich state of Pennsylvania, the counting continues as the former VP leads by a slim margin. Joining me now is ABC's Mark Remillard on the ground in Philadelphia. And Mark, is that Biden lead expected to hold? Uh, It's expected that his lead will grow uh, because you have uh, about 112,000 or so uh, absentee ballots still left to be counted. And let's be very clear about what these ballots are. These are absentee ballots that arrived on or before election day. So the count that we're seeing and Biden's numbers growing do not even involve those very contentious uh, absentee ballots that may have arrived after election day. There is an undetermined amount of ballots so far. We don't know the exact number, though the secretary of state at times has categorized this as uh, seemingly very minor, uh, maybe a couple thousand across the state. But the two big things we have to count uh, are currently still those absentee ballots that arrived on or before election day, and then uh, provisional ballots. And it seems like there's been about a hundred and thousand, a hundred thousand provisional ballots. And it's not exactly clear why there were so many, but uh, those still have to be looked at. Well, and, and where are they coming from? Are they coming from rural parts of the state or urban parts of the state? Because we know in Pennsylvania, there's, as with the rest of the country, there's a big political divide between those two. Absolutely. And um, there are some smaller counties that may be uh, Trump-leaning counties where there might be some uh, outstanding ballots to count. The vast majority of these absentee ballots, again, the ones that arrived on or before Election Day, do come from some of the more populated urban centers like here in Philadelphia. And so this is why you're seeing a, a, a doubled effect for Joe Biden in his lead uh, gaining here. You have not only that many of the ballots outstanding are from Democratic areas, so he's cleaning up the vote that way, but also the type of vote Biden is just overwhelmingly taking any of these absentee votes uh, compared to Trump, who, again, is maybe not that surprising. President Trump railed against absentee ballot. He told his supporters to vote on Election Day. Well, all of those have been counted. And so really what's left, even in some Republican areas, if there are any votes left, many of them are Biden votes because those are just the only votes that are left to count. So I think that's also why you're seeing this lead change uh, now in favor of Biden. And when we're talking about 48 hours ago, President Trump having more than half a million votes in his favor, now he's down in this state. Pennsylvania, with its 20 electoral votes, could be a moot point anyway, because assuming that Biden's lead holds in Arizona, he would only need to take one more state, Nevada, Pennsylvania, or Georgia, in order to reach the magic number of 270, and he's leading in all of those states. Yeah, that's true. Now, Arizona um, is a question mark right now, whether or not he's, his lead's going to hold there. Um, I mean, technically, all the states are question marks because uh, we don't have projections yet, but certainly there seems to be this thinking, particularly among, among Trump's uh, Trump and his campaign, that they can make up ground in Arizona and potentially take Arizona. But that will not be enough. President Trump cannot get to 270 electoral votes without Pennsylvania and Georgia. And right now, he's now trailing in both of those states. If President Trump does not win Pennsylvania, though, 
all roads to re-election run through this state for him because he cannot reach above 270 without it. And so uh, it is troublesome for President Trump. He's in a very precarious position to now be trailing in this state. And all indications are Biden's lead is going to grow. He's been on such a trajectory. And again, what's left to count appears to be likely to favor Joe Biden uh, as those ballots continue to be worked on. And how long do we expect the rest of that vote count to take? I wish I had a good answer for you. You know, for uh, days now, they've been saying, oh, maybe maybe we'll get numbers by Thursday night. Well, Thursday night has come and gone. Now it was we'll have the majority done by Friday. Well, you know, they're still counting. But I will say we did pass one major milestone or one major deadline. And that is, is that uh, the 5 p.m. Friday deadline has come and passed here on the East Coast in Pennsylvania. And that was the deadline for any of those late arriving absentee ballots to arrive. So what that means is any other ballots that arrive will not be counted. They, they are, they're not going to be valid. And so what you have here is we now have, we don't have the full count yet, but what we have is there's definitely a finite number now. In the days after the election, we, nobody could tell you how many of those late arriving ballots could show up because they weren't arrived yet. So at this point, Oh, the, the state of Pennsylvania is now in control of all the ballots that are going to be counted in this election. So what's left to do is tally up how many there are and eventually get them counted. So, I mean, we're on the road, but it still could take some time. On the count is one thing. The legal wrangling has already begun as the Trump campaign has dispatched lawyers to each of these states. And are we expecting any of those challenges that the president is planning uh, to stop the vote or to carry any water with the rule of law? Uh so far, not particularly, or let me, let me, instead of maybe not carrying water with the rule of law, let's say, is this anything that's going to actually affect the outcome in the state? So far, nothing that would indicate any change in the state. The only real legal challenge uh, the, the President Trump's campaign has done in the, since the election has been over what they called was a lack of meaningful access to the vote count here in the convention center. They said they were being held too far away uh, to actually meaningfully see and, and monitor the count. A, a state judge here granted them relief, said you can get closer. So presumably they are now getting the relief that they sought. Uh, so that is one thing. But that's not likely to affect any vote count. It's just about them being able to watch the count. Then the other thing you have is the ongoing litigation over those late arriving ballots, uh, the ones that arrived after Election Day but before 5 p.m. today. Well, Again, the count on that is unknown about how many ballots are out there, but the Secretary of State has said it's very minor. And with 112,000 ballots uh, left to count that did come in on or before Election Day, Biden could reach such a lead that even if the Trump campaign sought to invalidate those late arriving ballots, as they have been seeking to do, may not make a difference. Aren't the late arriving ballots, as you mentioned, in Pennsylvania, uh, to be counted, doesn't state law allow them to come in late? Yeah, it does. Uh, the state law uh, and, and the way the election is working is, and, and, so we should be clear, those those are legal ballots. You know, that's another thing here. They are legal ballots, but they're very contentious right now because the Trump campaign and the Republican Party in the state have sought to uh, have those ballots invalidated. And President Trump, uh, part of the reason that he was so gun-ho on getting Amy Coney Barrett on the Supreme Court was because he felt that if there became a challenge, particularly in, in the important state of Pennsylvania, it may go to the Supreme Court. We have no indication that the Supreme Court will or will not take up that case. But again, with the way things are looking, 
the late arriving ballots just don't appear to be in, in the kind of volumes that they might need to be to really swing the election one way or another. And there's so many unquestionably legal ballots still left to be counted that, uh, it, like I said, it may not make a difference even if the Supreme Court does issue a ruling or choose to invalidate all those late arriving ballots. All right, ABC's Mark Remillard from Philadelphia. It's going to be a long couple of days and even weeks. Thank you so much. Yeah, you bet. I'm Charlie Harder. Despite little evidence, President Trump is claiming voter fraud in several states, and he's having that as the reason he's losing the election. His most fervent supporters are suggesting he use extreme measures to secure victory. One prominent website even suggests, essentially, having Republican state legislatures override the decision of voters in states Joe Biden won. Joining us on the Como Newsline is Seattle University adjunct professor Christopher Casillas. He teaches constitutional law, and he also has a PhD in political science. I'm going to be blunt here, Chris. What are some of the things the president could do if he decided to go nuclear? Short answer is there's there's a couple of ideas that have been circulating out there. I will say that I think uh, the two main theories I've heard are without any kind of constitutional or legal merit, but certainly they've been they've been circulating. Um, one of them I've heard, you know, we'll just have the Republican state legislatures kind of choose our own slate of electors. And regardless of what the popular vote was in that state for the president, we'll just have our own slate and they'll they'll nominate Trump. There's been a complimentary argument about also trying to have like a competing slate of electors. Um, and so like the Republican legislature has one And then, you know, maybe the governor has another slate and we're going to have this kind of battle of electors with the idea of trying to throw it back to the House uh, under the 12th Amendment to have to make a decision. The thought is that that somehow would eventually result in a Trump victory. Is that possible? It's possible. It's highly improbable if not close to impossible. We're speaking with Seattle University law professor Christopher Casillas. It sounds like what you're saying is there aren't going to be any lawsuits that wind up in front of the Supreme Court like Bush v. Gore. It just does not seem highly probable at this point. I mean, I'm just not seeing it. It doesn't nothing I've seen in the state so far is like a Bush v. Gore redux type situation. Um, that doesn't seem to be happening. The other two arguments I mentioned earlier about kind of having these competing slate of electors or having like the Republican legislature just appoint its own slate of electors, despite what the popular vote says. I didn't speak much to that argument, but that's also pretty legally a fanciful argument. I mean, there's there's really no strong legal merit there. Do any of these rise to the level where it might wind up in front of the Supreme Court? You know, it's it's possible. I mean, we've we've had a couple of things already pre-election go up to the U.S. Supreme Court. There was a couple petitions out of Pennsylvania, for example, that didn't end up going anywhere, but were at least considered by the court. To be honest, I haven't seen all the lawsuits that have been filed. What I've heard from various media reports is most of these things are challenges to a couple ballots went out to folks who don't live in the state anymore, or we're not able to get all of our people to watch the vote counting, or is it disputes about where everybody's standing. 
<laughs> even if there was some kind of factual basis behind those claims, which I'm very suspicious that there is, um, you know, those would just be at the margins of any particular state situation. And, you know, I guess in a place like Georgia, where it's so close, you know, maybe the margins could potentially matter. But by and large, you know, even if there was some legal or factual merit to those, they probably wouldn't disturb things. Seattle University professor Chris Casillas. Chris, thank you for your time today. My pleasure, Charlie. Take care. And that will do it for this episode of the Como Politicast. Of course, we'll be back with any new developments over the next several days. So stay tuned to this feed. If you like the show, please leave a rating and a review in Apple Podcasts. And for more, be sure to check out our other shows such as Como News This Week, Life Beat with Marina Rockinger, and our hourly news updates. Available at comonews.com slash podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Thank you for listening and have a good week.